0: Lunchtime, travel and muckery lunchtime. We don't often record a podcast during lunch, Joe, but good to see you're back. Fucking hell, you're shining. You have look about like you've been on a holiday, mate.
1: Yeah, mate, I have. Been chilling out when I live in high life. Had to ask the coach for his permission there to go, didn't I?
0: <laughs> yeah, you did, but I said, it's all right, mate, you can go.
1: <laughs> you should enjoy yourself. Don't swim too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. So whereabouts did you go then, to Honeymoon?
1: uh it was an island just off sicily one it was called like an it was one of the aeolian islands and it was called volcano so it was like really small It was like only about six or seven kilometers uh from one side to the other but it was just relaxing mm-hmm. we were only there for like three nights so it was just a short break really but it was absolutely boiling mate it was it was a heat wave and it felt hotter than kona
0: fucking hell that's uh that i was dying uh, mate but they go- was dying. oh well on on the other hand, uh, you you did a little bit in your easy week, like some heat adaptations for Kona, and maybe the training camp in Font Remote or something like that.
1: Yeah, mate, starting early, aren't I? Getting ahead of the game.
0: The uh, didn't you say earlier today that the dogs are struggling with the heat? Didn't you take him out to uh, to Italy
1: then? No, the dogs uh, were in Lowestoft, mate. They were staying at my parents' on the uh, for a little beach break. Um, but they're dying, mate, today around the house. They're just laying down on, like, the tiles, trying to keep cool. No energy in them at all.
0: So what did you do on the honeymoon then? You flew out to Italy, and uh, or is it all private? Is it all private?
1: Uh, now I can tell you, like, we yeah, flew out. Uh, I don't when... want to hear it
0: st- all the details, mate. <laughs> just, just like... <laughs> just, just
1: amazing. But no, I just uh, flew out to, like, we left on Monday, really early Monday morning, and then... But flew out to Sicily and then you had to get like a taxi, uh, 90 miles, or so 150 Ks. And then you have to get like a ferry, which is like 45 minutes to the island. So it's a bit of a mission to get there. But then where we were, it was like really nice. It was like, uh, there was like a couple of swim pools, sun lounges around there. So it was like chilled out for the first day around the hotel. And um, oh, I'll tell you what, though, you wouldn't believe how expensive it was for a sandwich mate there. What do you reckon?
0: 50 euros, 50 euros.
1: No, nah, not that bad, but for <laughs> 30 euros for a sandwich. Fucking hell, crazy. really? Is that? Yeah. So do you know what I did, mate? I, instead of getting those two sandwiches, it had been like 60 euros plus like uh, some uh, drinks and stuff. I'd have bloody spent about eight euros. So I just put my shoes what? on.
0: Was this, was this like at the resort or was this in resort, general lot. on the island?
1: This is, no, this was at the resort. So I ran down into the village, which was like two k's away. And so I was fucking dying, mate, in the heat um brought some sandwiches there brought like three drinks uh like and this like um oh, what was it called some rice ball thing i can't remember what it is some italian thing begins with a um uh the word's gone now but anyway whatever that was brought that cost me like 20 euros and then just jogged back with it in a bag would have cost me about 100 euros for the same stuff at the uh at the hotel
0: wow you sent so you did you did take something from the dutchie away then
1: yeah, mate, that was the high of the week. You, 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 you would have thought that I would have just uh, wasted my money on it, wouldn't you? You would have thought, wouldn't you?
0: Nah, it's a bit, it's a bit OTT. It's like Switzerland, man. It still gives me the shivers when I when I check my account to see bills from uh, i Switzerland. Like, mine the gooder. That is um, scary, isn't it?
1: Yeah, went on a boat trip there in uh, in the island as well, where the guy this wow. guy takes you around the whole island, around another island in a boat, and you can just stop wherever you want to go swimming.
0: Is it like a sailboat or like a catamaran or what is it?
1: Uh, it's got a little engine on the back. It's got like a little motor uh, ba- and it's just basically you two on it and then him driving oh, around and you a just say boat. to him where you want to stop and then he'll stop and you can go like, and you can see all the fish and stuff underneath.
0: What kind of <laughs> fish then?
1: Oh, like piranhas, stuff like that. Crocodiles to make you go faster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't...
0: Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. uh... And then it was
1: back, mate, back to reality, back to trying to get fit now.
0: (laughs) Were you you, you itching to go for a run, swim back run? I know what you're like. I did, mate. I went for a
1: swim there. I went for a swim there and a run there. And how did it go? It was all right. The swim was actually pretty good. Um, The run was like, I was really short, but it was like so hot. Um, It was hard, but it, it wasn't too bad. But then on the boat trip, you're constantly off the boat swimming and stuff the whole day. So it was alright. I did mm-hmm. a bit, mate. I did a bit. Didn't bike though. I I did my first bike ride about two days ago, and that was the first one since Nice. Um, was that
0: was that shocking? That one was it. It's always a bit. Well, I wouldn't say shock, Like your heart rates weighed up, and you feel a bit like oof. I've been no, my heart rate. While.
1: I don't think my heart rate was that high. To be honest, I didn't have a heart rate monitor, and because it was the first ride on the bike, I just brought this. I had to buy a power meter for it because all my bikes from my mum and dad's because like you know taking them back didn't he from uh, Nice and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like when we were there, my dad had the van, so he drove everyone's bikes back, so they were all there. So I had a time trial bike at mine, which I've got to get a front end fitted onto. Um I didn't have any bloody pedals, so I went to go on this bike, had this new bike from Argon, gra- the gravel bike that was meant to come before Nice. Uh I had to build it up, went to go on a ride, didn't have any flipping pedals. So I'm like, oh, I need to go for a ride today. So I'm like, all right, I'll go to um uh I'll go to the specialized shop. I'll top one of Tom's uh, one of Tom's nice favourites went there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you wouldn't believe what they did. So I was like looking in the shop and I think I confused them because I was talking about like speed play pedals and they had like different ones. And I was like, how much are these ones? Oh, well, what ones have you got? And I was looking at, I mean, they had different types. they had three different types and they had the power ones. And then I was weighing it up and I was like, do your price match. And they're like, yeah, if it's not reducible price match. So I was like, all right. So I was looking online when I was standing there. Cause I'm like, I need some pedals. So I'm either going to buy some cheap knockoff ones or I'm going to get the power ones. Cause I wanted a power meter for the uh, gravel bike anyway. So mm-hmm, I was like, yeah. what do I get? Like, um, so in the end, I managed, I said, I could see the power pedals were for sale for four seventy online. They were selling them for five fifty. I said, What about meeting in the middle? Oh, no, they were 460, five's on that. So I said, What about meeting in the middle? Will you do them for five hundred quid? I said, hold on, I'll ring up. So anyway, they rang up, said, Yeah, we'll do it for five hundred quid. I thought, all right, I'll get them because I was going to be, well, speed plays are expensive anyway, aren't they? They're like 200 and something yeah. for the cheapest, like basically. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll get that. Then I'll get the power meter and I can always use them as backup ones if I if one of my other crank ones goes wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So then I went out for a ride with Nathan. I charged it up, the left-sided one, because I just got the, the cheap ones, or so I thought. Charged it up, went for a ride with him yesterday. And I'm riding up this hill and I'm thinking the first ride I did was only a short one back and I didn't have any power. And I'm riding up this one. It says like 120, 130 watts. And I'm like, fuck! Oh, this feels hard than on 120, 130 watts. It didn't feel too bad, but it felt a lot harder. And I'm thinking, I said, Nathan, what power are you pushing? Because i he was on his TT bike with like disc mm-hmm. wheel, tri-spoke and everything. And I'm thinking, and he was riding ahead of me. So I'm thinking, God, am I, have I lost that much? You know, like, am I going out yeah. And I'm really struggling? You know, like feeling that I'm putting in some effort, pushing 130 watts. Um, and he goes 200 and something. So I'm like, the power meter's not reading properly. So I've got to calibrate this. So calibrate. I got off, stopped at the side of the road, messed around with it, tried to calibrate. Anyway, long story short, I end up finding out that the people in that bike shop, instead of giving me the single sided one, I managed to knock them down on the single sided one. They gave me the dual sided one by accident. So I've actually got the left and right sided uh, power meter. Wow. So it was only reading you- on one side. So I just had to basically go out and double the power, pa- like think to myself, whatever double the power was. Yeah. Went All out right, today so got, with it fully charged. Is that a high then? Is that a high? It. That is a high. Yeah, managed to like uh, get myself a dual sided one for a knock off single sided price. So happy days. Um, <laughs> chuffed with that. Well I done, done with little, scamming I, the
0: local way. shop. Well done, scamming the local shop, mate.
1: <laughs> I didn't even realize, mate. They might have been maybe they did it as a <laughs> present for me coming in there. Like, welcome back to Norwich. Here you go. This one's on us, guy. You know, first time actually. That was my first time in the shop as well.
0: Bloody hell. I might go anyway, there more uh, often if
1: they're throwing in freebies we, like that. We we need to...
0: Uh, Joe is always a bit chaotic. He uh, forgot his laptop and mic in front of So he's right now recording with an iPad and not a mic. So we need to, like, pray to dear God that the, uh, the audio quality is going to be all right. And also, the last two weeks, something went wrong with the video. So last week, it was absolute terrible internet connection from... uh Wherever the hell Eric Clow was because it he didn't manage France, to buffer, was he, was he in sorry? France? <laughs> well, it could have been France, mate. It could have been France, but uh, uh, it only buffered half of the video, and the rest is like gone, so we couldn't put it on YouTube, uh, sadly. But the whole episode, if you didn't listen to it, is on uh, isn't all the other apps just so? No am video I right? I'm
1: thinking, Ari Clow is no longer Lionel Sanders' as proper whipping boy, he's gone solo, he's like. Yeah. Like, like flown the nest. Well, yeah.
0: might just be for, for a, uh, for a, uh, like if he feels great again, he might travel down again to try and uh, train with Lionel. But yeah, that is well, true. He maybe went, uh,
1: if Ari's, uh, sends an invitation, if he sends a, a letter to us asking how much he wants to train with us, maybe we'll accept him to come into our group. You know, Ari, maybe. The, it could be an opportunity yeah. for you. You'll have to impress us with your open letter. And, uh, we want a good reference from Lionel Sanders, but if he gives you still the clear, then, uh, you might be welcome to join us for our training group. <laughs>
0: the what about? Uh, oh, he did it! The Battle of the Influencers yesterday. He I uh, know. Oh, I saw it. Bloody
1: Mets beat him though, didn't he? I mean, Mets like can't believe big it. Mets
0: ha- had a big day. Fucking hell! He he almost ran a one eleven. Big Mets as well is pretty impressive.
1: He's got big le- big st- leg stride though, isn't he? So he doesn't have to take as many steps yeah. as Harry. So he's yeah, got an he advantage. It-
0: yeah. True. True, But anyway, have you got any highs and lows then? I want to hear some lows, mate. Right. I want to hear some lows. Going
1: back on that race, me and you, for a 70.3 next year, downstream swim. Did you see the size of that front pack? That's a race for us, mate, that is. But what about the bike course then? I don't know, but who cares if we're in the mix at the end of the swim? <laughs> 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 like, like, and we can't get a better start to the race than that, can we? I was looking at that race thinking, fuck, man, that's one for me. I'm putting that on my box next year. next year." 70.3 yeah, yeah. Oregon, downstream swim. You don't even need to put, put an arm stroke in.
0: <laughs> I know, it's crazy. But uh, I was thinking, so there's either two ways. I'm always looking for races where there's like a big chance of the swim getting cancelled, because that'd be like even even better. Um, but downstream swim might even be then the second thing I, I might look at.
1: Put Chattanooga, mate, on your, uh, on your list then. I'm yeah, on Chattanooga. That, do you know,
0: I need to weigh up. Downstream swim versus absolutely boiling hot conditions.
1: Yeah, but it's not completely boiling hot. And it is a longer bike than normal to make up for the downstream swim. What
0: do you think if you compare Chattanooga with Ironman East, then on that climb?
1: Oh, way, way cooler. Completely di- way cooler. <laughs> like <laughs> miles different. That but one, go on, give horrific. me some lows, mate. Give me some lows. We want to feed off the lows. Um there was a leak when I was away in the honeymoon and it woke me up at like six o'clock. Honestly, it sounded like someone was having a shower. There was a leak outside the room, like absolutely piling out. Like Laura got a video of it. Like it was literally like water up to like her ankles and stuff. I thought she was having a shower and I felt what in your room. No, it was just outside the room. Like it was in the hallway. Honestly, mate, it was pouring out. It sounded like someone was having a shower, like in the room. It sounded like they're in the room having a shower. The water was absolutely caning it. Uh, it was like six o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, she had to ring the people up. They came and sorted the leak out and then they end up trying to like sort out the fixing it and stuff like from six 30 in the morning. So you could hear all the noise and stuff. So I w- went on the boat trip. I felt absolutely shattered.
0: Wow. So, uh, you, you wrote a little complaint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That was the only low. Certainly. That was the only low. Uh, I haven't really got any, uh, any, any other lows to be honest. Like, um, Apart from uh, what about, lack of, I, I saw
0: you posting up this this Facebook thing. Any bike mechanics around Norwich?
1: That sounds oh, like a little low. Yeah, I, I'm trying to sort this like headset. Getting this uh, that mono bar onto my time trial bike and it's a right pain in the ass. And I just fucking gave up in the end. And my dad's like uh, <laughs> retiring. He's like uh, protesting coming over, so he's like staying staying put in lower stuff. I can't get him there, so I'm trying to get a bike mechanic in Norwich, and they're like. Impossible, like they're like the weights huge. They're like, Yeah, we could fit it in a couple of weeks. I'm thinking, Well, a couple of weeks, I'm gonna do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need to get on my TT right now.
0: Did, didn't you so. tell him, Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am?
1: Oh, no. I didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't bo-
0: <laughs> do you know what you should do, mate? You should just partner up with one of the local uh, bike shops, just uh, hang around. Do they have like a cafe and all that? Like, uh, for example, a bike part in an Netherlands, uh, a back part, and like a cafe part.
1: Uh, you're joking, aren't you, mate? They don't have that in uh, over here. They got the bike oh. part. They ain't no cafes or anything in there, apart from like an espresso machine or something.
0: Oh, they've got <laughs> some really good cafes in the Netherlands and coffees with, uh, a with like a bike shop. Yeah, yeah. So you'd really? have a a specialised shop with some uh, with a really good cafe up front, and all the cyclists uh, specialised shop here yeah, doesn't
1: have coffee, but it does give you extras when you buy stuff,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like extra bills. Oh yeah, it gives you extra but, power um,
1: meters and stuff.
0: Because then you could partner up with the locals, sometimes give them a shout out on the gram. And then uh, whenever you need something, you can just literally just bike past and uh, they'll quickly sort it out. I think they but know how much made-
1: stuff goes wrong with my bikes so and no one wants to partner up with me. They're like, "It's yeah, more hassle yeah, yeah, than it's yeah, worth. it's
0: true. <laughs> I still find it crazy, though, that you're uh, like, I can't imagine that you're like Max Verstappen of the Formula One. And you don't know how to start your own engines. Like you don't know. No, it's not, mate. It's like getting Max car.
1: Verstappen to sort out the, the the suspension and stuff on his car, isn't it? And stuff. You know, <laughs> the to, to, to starting the engine would be like putting the first pedal stroke down. You're basically asking Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton to tune up their suspension and stuff and change the diff <laughs> on the car, aren't you? Like they ain't going to do that, are they? They don't get involved with the computer, the computer part of it, do they? And electronics. Get them behind the steering wheel, and they're all right tuning the car up. You leave it to the engineers, don't you? My engineer's on holiday though, We're back in lower stuff, and he won't come out. He's chilling <laughs> your,
0: out. Your engineer had the wedding, and he's like, "I'm going to take a honeymoon as well."
1: Yeah, he's off.
0: Um. All right, so that's the highs and lows, then. Um. I've got a low, mate.
1: What's your What's but, your low? Have you I've started swimming two- yet with the kids?
0: Oh no, I didn't dare yet. I want to start next week. So this week, I'm trying to swim like a lot to get the endurance in. Otherwise, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be able to complete the set. Um, cause I'm pretty grim, and uh, I must say that my swim has had a hit, mate. Like yesterday, I was swimming again, and it's still, my uh, my shoulder is not really. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure swimming really relaxed, to be honest. Um, but anyway, that's not my law of the week. Uh, one low is I've got an engine failure with my car again. So um, and do you know how they fucked me over, Joe? I thought Pedros
1: um, were more reliable than that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I brought the car to the garage uh, a month ago. And basically they said, so I had software problems. If I would do a very long ride and then at the end of the long ride, a bit of a burn up, like what you would do on the bike. Yeah. Um, then it would go into like an engine failure mode, and it will basically cut all the power in the car. Um, you've seen. I've had it in Girona. Had to go to the garage there. Um, well, had it again at the Deca Ring, where I took it for some uh, for a couple of spins. So um, at Sub Seven, so I went back. They said in order to uh, fix this, we need to because it's tuned. We need to remove the tuning and uh, reset the software. I said, "All right, if you have to do it, you have to do it," because that was all still under warranty. So they fixed it, and then they said, "Well, right now, um, it's got a new engine failure, but you have to because there was something else, like the the gas meter didn't work, but that was and all made from the beginning." one failure
1: go to another. We've completed made, I, the other one, but you've it's got getting a new worse. It's, get,
0: it's getting worse. So. They changed the exhaust and all that. Then I had to bring it to uh, another garage because they had to put in a whole new dashboard because one of the things wasn't working. It was still all on the warranty. And they said, they're going to get that other error out as well because it's just a software problem. And then it was, they called me that day. They said, oh, no, nah, it's not a software problem. It's a broken sensor. And that one wasn't connected to your previous exhaust because it was a straight pipe. It's going to cost you two and a half grand because it's two because di- it's, two days after the warranty
1: oh my god
0: yeah they're, they're trying to screw me it, right over it? mate
1: sorry but you've already been complained about it for ages have so they have found it out before
0: exactly exactly oh mate it's like you're bringing your bike into the bike shop and it's all working and good and they're saying like well you've got a really rapid cassette on right now let's put a bit of more of an endurance cassette on there and all of a sudden they're like oof your front stem is a bit fucked you have
1: to get an e-bike mate it'll be cheaper for you commuting rounds.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and I had another load of the week. So when I got back last week into like the swimmer swing of things and I was going out I was going out for a gravel bike ride and uh um mate, I went out on a ride. That was the first ride since uh, I'm my and I've literally, I think I've had the worst bunk in the history of mankind. And I, I did eat. I don't even
1: know if it was a bunk or, or just something else. Do you know how I, I had... think these bonks? come on when you're like that? It's because you have all that time off. You're not eating as much as what you normally do. So you haven't exactly. got as many That's carbs. What... So you go out for a three-hour ride and you're depleted before you know it. And then you're like, Screw. Exactly.
0: Because I was going out for, I wanted to go out for four or five hours for the first ride, but just easy on a gravel bike. And I... About two and a half hours in, I was thinking, oh, I could do with a coffee. So I'd stopped for a coffee. And uh oh my god, I felt like I had to faint, mate. I, I took three cakes, I had three coffees, and then free I cakes. just took a sh- Did you really three have free cakes, cakes, mate. Whoa. Uh well, yeah, but they were really tiny. They were absolutely tiny, mate. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then I-, I took the shortcut home, but uh yeah, massive bunk. Um do you think if they- I had a do you think it would have happened if we both both had glucose monitors?
1: Oh, nah, n- nah, no way. That would have told us that we were low, wouldn't it? You know, you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, do you think runners stop on their long runs for a cafe stop?
0: Not really, not really. I do think, I also think like a lot of runners... Um, they, uh, runners are not really into science or any of that. They, I think that the most of them just like run, run a lot, and on the long run as well. They wouldn't drink. would Hardly hardly any of them would take any gels. They don't really do any gels. Never heard of electrolyte taps. I've never heard a runner telling me something about nutrition. Have you ever heard a runner saying something like that? Oh, yeah, on your long run, take 100 grams of carbs and do this and do that. They take two gels in a marathon, mate.
1: So are you saying that runners are either A... They're pretty hardcore, or are they be a bit stupid?
0: <laughs> I would say it's a mixture of both. I would say there's there's still a lot, especially for the um, the upper age group slash uh, below elite level. I think there's still some marginal gains for them up the grabs.
1: But yeah, they don't like gels, do they?
0: No, no. But I mean, on a forty minute easy run, taking a gel a bit ott. But if you're doing oh, a you two hour run, they would run. do like a two hour run. Uh, on a hilly terrain, and uh, so your question is: Would they do a cafe stop? Of course not.
1: But why do you think that is? Is it because they're too serious, or do you think they just don't like cafes? Because I've never seen a runner doing that. But if if I was just running, you'd be tempted, wouldn't you? Two and a half hour. If you were doing two, two and a half hours, well, run to a cafe. I've be hard I've running back it. afterwards, though, wouldn't it?
0: No, you've done I've it. done it. I do it to train my tummy. If I do like a thirty k long run, haven't done it in a long while. I would stop after like halfway down a Coke and a sandwich, and if I and then continue the run because then you'd have like a full tummy. I never struggle with it. That's why I can. That's true, actually. I know a guy.
1: Yeah, I know a guy in Manchester who used to have fish and chips before a track session because he said if he could run the track session after having fish and chips, he could run Mm. after anything in an Ironman, which is probably why a lot.
0: I've posted up about this in the winter when I did it like a couple of times, literally on the story on the ground, like 15k run, boom, sandwich with a meatball and a Coke, down it, another 15k, boom, back home.
1: So you're, if you're Cut a marathon ca- runner, basically, and you're struggling with tummy problems, what you need to add into your training is a cafe stop halfway through your long run where you smash a cake and a coffee and stuff and then just try and run after it. And, and also eventually there- you'll get used to it.
0: I think uh, uh, runners have more problems with eating disorders than triathletes. Like a lot of runners have eating disorders. So I don't think they're keen halfway coffee stop, a halfway run to do stop for a coffee and a cake,
1: let alone free cakes. <laughs> <laughs> free cakes. God, they'd be, uh, be skipping teammate after that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But- yeah, they'd be yeah, making yeah. they'd definitely be running the long way home after the cafe after that maybe thinking oh i was only meant to run eight miles but since i've three cakes i better knock it up to 14.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly would you stop during a long run for for a cake uh i've never for done
1: coffee. it I've, ne- I've never done it but uh, i mean like-
0: i wouldn't i wouldn't properly sit down i'd order it boom, boom boom down it literally seven minutes after that i'm gone again
1: it sounds a nice way of breaking up their um a run but i've never uh i've never done it it's not really a thing so much in run, is it cycling you do it all the time don't you i mean like most long rides you can mm-hmm. stop for a, a calf, wouldn't you
0: yeah and also um well maybe you don't want to stop for uh for like a sandwich but um i do think getting some hydration in during long runs m- many people don't do it i sometimes run with these uh, these trail bags. i think they're very handy that You, you, you just away. like the
1: look, because it looks like you've done like some epic 50k trail run or something. And like, people look <laughs> no, at course. you and think, fuck, that guy's been out all morning. Like, it's like 11 o'clock <laughs> now. You've only probably run half an hour to get to where you're going. And they think they look at you and think you three and a half hours. I'd,
0: I'd run to the cafe, which is about a K from my place where I could literally do 100 meters and I'm there. Um, I'll sit down with my trail back. I'll put some sand on my face. Like I've been to very dodgy places and I'll just hang up big stories while I'm smashing free cakes. Well,
1: I've been running That's- on the dunes since 6am today. The wind yeah. this morning was crazy.
0: I saw some seals. I just came back. Well, I didn't easy run today. It was about 65 Ks. Can I have another cake by the way? Um <laughs> Awesome run. And I'll do like an easy one uh, tomorrow, this afternoon. That's why I've got my trail back with me.
1: <laughs> by the way, I can't get us into the trail race, the CCC, the part of the UTMB thing. Yes, I've tried. Sure. I've tried, and I can't get us in. If I've like, if anyone is listening and they can get an entry, let us know. I tried with that CCC. I tried through Hoka. They said next year is something that they could get, like probably get us in and make it happen. But can't, looking like we can't get in this year, such a shame. If there, to that. if
0: there is another like pretty crazy challenge or whatever, um. And you're able to put us in into something, just send us a DM and we'll have a little look into it if it's something fun. But we're always up for something intense.
1: Like Yeah. Something a bit
0: different. Uh, something a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Joe is uh is July right now. What what are the plans going forward?
1: Basically just uh training in Norwich until August. Actually, saying that I have got a race, mate. Um pto race in edmonton in about what's the date today it is the 11th in like two weeks time yesterday so less than two weeks 13 days so basically if anyone's got a get a fit from uh, a honeymoon to half ironman training plan in 10 days send it my way because i could do with that basically a slightly more advanced version of the couch 5k can it
0: involve some uh, kettlebell swings in that training? involve
1: anything and uh, the, uh, the the quick, I need a get fit quick plan that will uh, get me fit in 10 days and I'm open to offers <laughs> even if All kettlebell right. swings will do it then let me know but yeah basically I've got that race in like less than two weeks and then come back and then basically heading to Font-Rameau probably for altitude training in, in August start of August are you coming to it? you're oohing and aahing aren't you?
0: Why am I Urin and Ring?
1: I don't know. You look like you're uh, contemplating it.
0: Uh is, is the accommodation already sorted or not?
1: Oh uh, I've spoke to the guy. I've literally just got to pay it. I've just got to pay the money. All like, right. yeah, we are we're I trying to get
0: we're trying to get Sam Long over as Sam Long wants to go in the exact same period on on Altitude Camp to Lavinio, whereas there's literally nothing in Lavinio. The good I cafes think- in Fondramo
1: um <laughs> there's one nearby in there's font really remote. good <laughs> wi-fi depends what your standards are like if you used to, if you used to like typical french Dude, coffee it's uh it's he's, standard he's
0: used he all right but he's used to an american gas station coffee stop all him, right so. yeah
1: there's good cafes then there's good cafes in font remote i think the reason is because um he knows he's with his missus isn't it isn't he and yeah. he knows that you're going and her eyes aren't painted on mate She's only human, and with you there, it's a bit of a pull for her, you know. Like she might see the mozzarella and think, you know, like the grass is greener on the other side.
0: Mate, um, literally, uh, anyone that would see me swim in a pool would know he wouldn't save me when it comes uh, when it comes down to it. So uh, the attention will swirl already will swirl away.
1: Um,
0: I'm not <laughs> well, a lifesaver. We need uh,
1: to. We want to get Sam Long onto it. So uh, give him a bit yeah, of yeah, pressure, Sammy. guys. Check, pull yeah, give his him leg. a bit of
0: peer pressure. Give him a bit of peer yeah. pressure. But, um, speaking of uh, pros, Joe, you had a little something like for the future. You wanted to pitch something for the crowd, right?
1: Yeah, for the crowd. I, I've got an idea for the podcast going forward. And I, I want to get a secret pro on, which is called the Secret Pro. And basically, we just talked to him about gossip and stuff, what's going on on the show. And they tell us a few of the rumors, what they've heard, stuff they've heard on the grapevine. Uh, they could do a little bit what, of a prediction for a race or something.
0: What wouldn't the um, the secret pro be? Just like a a little audio message with um with like a gossip, and then we can um, we can yeah, like or it could be that it.
1: yeah, or it could be that it could be an audio message, or they could come on and we could have a bit of a chat with them um or as mean, long, as, it long is, as
0: it's not like as long as it's not like insulting or any of that, that like we're not like that joe we're not um, we're not
1: that triathlon podcast are we <laughs> but yeah if, and uh we'll just change their voice so people don't know who they are and their identity will write will be completely anonymous and no one other than me and tom knows who the secret pro is but the small issue is we just need to get a secret pro to do it so if you're interested send no. us a message and uh we'll get you on the show because we want we want the secret pro I think it'd be pretty funny what
0: what I also um we've also got some um uh, professional cyclists uh, listening Joe. I want to get one of them on the show one time and uh I think uh, to give get some more insights in uh, uh the pro peloton versus the, uh, the the thoughts about triathletes, I think that'd be pretty handy wouldn't it
1: who was that who listens to it
0: um Well, we can't see who is constantly, uh, if they're always listening, but um, yeah, a couple of, um, one of them was in the top five of the Tour de France last year. Uh, I
1: would couple of know, one thing I'd like to know is, what power do you think Woot Van Aert was riding at when he was on that day-long break, you know, with just two other people and then he dropped them?
0: Must have been at least 270 watts, don't you think?
1: Whoa, that's high. (laughs) That's high. (laughs) Surely Uh, not that high. (laughs) You need at least two gels an hour to sustain that if you were riding at 270 watts. But he he dropped the people. He rode that Quinn Simmons off his wheel. And you think, like, how much easier it is to sit on someone's wheel. I mean, obviously, he was doing turns. But when he dropped him, he literally just rode them off his wheel. So can you imagine, like, I mean, if we did that to one of us, to each other, we'd have to be riding, like, pretty fl- flipping hard, wouldn't we, to drop him like that. Yeah. So imagine mm-hmm. to drop a rider of that caliber. And I saw that when the Peloton were chasing him down towards the end, the Peloton was splitting and a shitload of them got dropped. And they've been sitting on the wheels all day. And he's been holding them at the same pa- speed by himself. solo. I mean, the power must've been absolutely phenomenal. I'd love to know what kind, if he shared any that's, data. That's the
0: stuff that, that gets you going, isn't it? That's the stuff that
1: gets you goosebumps. That's what you'd say, isn't it? When you were doing a set, a yeah. lap, You'd be doing a lap round font remote, you know, around the lake. We'd be going for a PB and we'd say to each other, let's pretend we're riding like Whoop on Art.
0: Fucking hell, what's <laughs> going on with the dogs, mate? They're protecting the castle, mate. I think you should turn up the heating again so they'll calm down on the floor.
1: <laughs> Leaving them, them upstairs in the, in the top room where the heat rises yeah. and they're like... Uh, but um, yeah, I think anyways, we, we'd say to each the, other, wouldn't we? Let's pretend we're Whoop Van Archer. We ride around there and uh, you know, go and give you goosebumps, wouldn't it? Imagine that having your tunes pumping. Me and you, we say to each other, let's do a two-up, and then at the finish of the two-up to three-k climb. You say race to the top of the climb. That would be mm-hmm. a good. Uh, that would be a good session, wouldn't it?
0: First, I need to lose some weight for that. I've um, lost two
1: kilos, mate. I've lost two kilos. Have from you? my wedding and honeymoon? Yeah. How the hell did that happen?
0: Wow. She'd get get married more often.
1: More (laughs) more honeymoons. I'd be be so lean, wouldn't I, for Kona, if I got married three more times, wouldn't I? (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, uh, Joe, what you were just saying uh, fits perfectly into uh, the main subject of the week. Because this week, we want to talk a bit about drafting benefits because we saw an article last week uh, from the Technical University of Eindhoven. What else is the Dutchies, uh, what they can't do? Some proper <laughs> data, mate. Um, so basically, they, uh, they've they put up a, um, a yeah, statistics about the drafting gain, what you get from drafting in front of a motorbike when you've got a motorbike behind you, when you've got a couple of cyclists in front of you, when you've got a car in front of you. And when you've got a car behind you, basically everything, what would happen in triathlon, I can see 70.3 Dubai. I could see every man in Spain. I could see the Shop 7 event, what they've uh, uh, posted up about. Um, what do you think, Joe, this data? You must love it, don't you?
1: Yeah, I thought I was the one that sent it to you, weren't I? Yeah. But an interesting thing, what I, so basically an interesting one is, so what I think is interesting is, if you look at the motorbike bit where it's actually behind you and you can see that if it's half a meter behind you you save six six and a half percent and if it's 0.25 of centimeters 25 centimeters behind you, you save nine percent but how often is in a race are the camera bikes like behind you especially if you're in the front group they're quite often behind you aren't they and some, quite quite a lot of the time mm-hmm. that kind of distance so you think you could be riding at 300 watts say and if the camera bike's mixing around between them two, you're probably only putting out 275 watts to 280 watts for the same power. But then if you were to put it, say, in a big surge mm-hmm. and you were to up at, say, 370, 380 watts for a period of time, that's the equivalent of someone else who's not got that advantage with the same CDA having to put out 405, 410 watts, you know, something like that. Or, yeah, for basically no. 400, about 400 watts, which is like going to be totally unsustainable for them in a triathlon, especially a long-distance one so the the gain's huge, and that's just with a motorbike behind you. I mean you get a car if a car goes two meters behind you that's seven percent that's obviously not so often in triathlon that happens but I mean an interesting one here is um with a motorbike forty meters ahead, you save ten percent and this is this is this is what you see in a triathlon like almost every
0: triathlon, like literally ten meters looks like a really massive difference, and in some races you'd even see uh, a motorbike closer than ten meters. And now it's when it's re- increasing like shitloads. If if a motorbike is five meters in front of you, it's almost forty percent. saving that's
1: basically almost the difference that you'd save in the sub seven when because you can see the data from sitting like ninth person. But that's basically the same as sitting with two people right in front of you. So you sitting third person on the wheel mm-hmm. is the same as having a motorbike was it 10, 10 meters in front no five meters in front but if you've got if you're 10 meters if you've got a motorbike 10 meters in front of you it's almost the same as sitting directly behind another sightless wheel that is absolutely huge uh, yeah. but then if you look at 40 meters which is absolutely huge gap that's a 10 percent saving which is massive you know that's like me putting if i'm
0: yeah, forty meters. Yeah, is absolutely and that's the difference crazy. between you
1: putting out two seventy watts and someone behind you having to do two hundred and ninety seven watts for the same uh, speed. You know, and if they're riding at yeah, three hundred and thirty yeah. watts because they're starting off, they're putting a bit of a surge in. Now, you need to be at three sixty
0: five. This, um, there's uh, two things uh, that that would uh, pop up my uh, my mind. Um, two races that we've uh, both done and uh, we've seen the data. So last week I, I spoke to Eric Lau about power meters and uh, I do know that our bikes we've both got a Quark Quark power meter so um, your bike and my red bike we've tested it multiple times we ours read pretty similar so that's why I think we can say that we um, we can compare our powers a little bit um, going off in a, in off a time trial what we did both in in Girona, like an hour time trial the power we did and the the speed what we did both wasn't very yeah, off was it just was pretty similar so going off for example I'm in Switzerland last year where you didn't had you weren't with a big group you didn't had any motorbike in front but there were like 6 7 motorbikes on the side and behind um on the first lap uh, I could see someone doing 270 watts or 260 watts for the first lap and we had to do 330 which is basically like 60 watts um, I mean, there's nothing you can do as an athlete, but the amount of motorbikes, so this in this data thing, uh, thing from Technical University Eindhoven, they just go off like one motorbike, but you can see it all adds up if it's like four, five, six motorbikes, and especially the the people in the motorbike don't really have any clue about what's going on, like how massively it could impact. The well, race, yeah, in some they?
1: races, I've so, had it. I mean, even in like South Africa, at one point, the motorbikes were to the side, and... Um, and I was like right in the pace line, and I think I was in the pace line uh, for that little bit, 190 watts. It would, you know, that's lower than what I would do on yeah. like an easy ride. And I was like, well, you're trying to get away, and you can't it get just... away because you have to go so hard. And then the motorbikes fill the gap in, just tow everyone back up to you. But like sat in the pace line for a bit, it was like 190 watts, and you were like literally having to brake to make sure that you don't get that close. That's how easy it was.
0: But um, of course, uh, complaining is uh, is one thing. So in in many cases, it could be even be in a race like forty meters. Cause lots of organizations trying trying to do something about it, tell the motorbikes to go more up front. Well, as you can see, forty meters is shitloads. It's still ten percent. But what would be then a possible solution? Because the the paradox in this whole story is we want more broadcast of every race because you want more exposure don't you we want we want to grow the sport yet on the other one on the other hand the more interference you get from media vehicles the more it's going to impact the race you know so have you ever thought about a solution in any of these races when you were 10 minutes down and the gap was like getting bigger and getting bigger and you were frustrated about the motorbikes have you ever thought about possible yeah, more of
1: what they need to do is stay to the side and in the front but also another solution would be but basically video from mainly behind and not in front because it's not as bad. You know, like if you were behind say two meters, you can yeah. see that the benefit is 1.7%. Well, that's okay. If you're given some 1.7%, yeah. you know, mm. uh, it's not going to be a game changing amount. Is it, you know, it's a small amount. And like, at least then we get the coverage. 10,
0: ten meters behind. It's almost 10 meters behind. It's like 0.1%. Yeah. And then
1: thing. you can at least show the pace oh. line and stuff and you can see it. And at least if they're like in the middle, And they show some of the people that are sat in the pace line, they can show you behind if they want to, at least they might get a bit more of a gain, but they're still not going any faster than the pace line. If you end up towing the front of that pace line along and everyone else that's with them gets pulled along, you end up just pulling a group of four or five riders miles Mm -hmm. off the front. So you need to do that. But then the thing what you normally see is they film the front of the race. And obviously the chase packs don't get filmed. So the chase pack gets absolutely zero benefit. And then all the benefits at the front, and they get pulled right off the fr- off the front, and that's kind of where it uh, where it ruins it, isn't it a bit? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, and also, have you have you watched a little bit of the Tour de France? Yeah, and
1: that makes a huge difference. You can see, can't you, the gaps when How- they come down when they put a bike in there.
0: I know. And also, uh, hardly, they almost always film from the back, don't they? If you've got like a couple of chase, a couple of uh, uh, like a breakaway, they hardly ever go in front of them.
1: Uh, yeah, but in the bunch, they end up going right in front of the bunch, don't they? A lot because they, I guess they can't get behind. And then the, back, yeah. the gap from the bunch to the break goes down really quick, doesn't it? Um, but when you see them doing it the does, time trials, they're not allowed in front, are they?
0: Exactly. Exactly um but yeah you can see so many so whenever you're looking at online coverage you can see some coverage from uh, like the front and the side 40 meters which is shit loads is 10 percent. it's absolutely crazy so if a top professional rides at like 300 watts then the chasers have to ride at least like 335 well 330 just to hold sometime. it
1: 335 is going to be such a small improvement yeah to hold you it. know you probably if it's a couple of minutes you're probably gonna to have to ride at 350 Which, if it's in an Ironman, it's just not going to happen, is it? You know. Um, So uh, that's which is annoying because then it spoils the outcome of races and uh, affects who should actually be winning and the and the results. And it's just definitely something the sport needs to address and Mm -hmm. sort out.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, We'll we'll post this one uh, up uh, by the way, so uh, people can uh, can see the data for themselves. Um. But speaking of, if you're doing Oregon seventy point three next year, mate, you maybe even get elite motorbike.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> I've never seen one. I've never seen elite kayak. Never seen a motorbike. Really? Never seen, You've any, never of seen any of that. Shit. Of that. <laughs> I only see, I only see the pictures afterwards of like a massive, like bike meeting with the front pack. It's like one of these. Uh, do you know these car meetings, with them yeah. for bi- bikes? They- <laughs> <laughs> It's like a holiday day. It's a meeting. <laughs> so at when you Iron see Island that, do you, does your heart <laughs> drop
1: down a bit and you think, "Oh, for God's sake, it's going to be one of them days."
0: Well, I I knew in in Switzerland when I saw you coming onto the seven, onto the second lap, I literally had to look through the motorbikes to see any of the cyclists. And at that point, I could only like laugh and thinking like, "Well, haha, um, well, let's just make it was going to be my own race anyway." But this is not going to make a bit. I could only laugh. Like, it's just. <laughs> It's a bit it's just doping really. I mean the riders can't really do anything about it. It is but, um, probably
1: the same benefit yeah, as actually it it's probably up. actually a bigger benefit than actually doping. Like it probably is like you would probably yeah, gain more is. from having the motorbike.
0: But I remember cause cause that guy I wrote with that Matteo Fontana, when he saw that happening, he literally just threw the towel in the ring. He was like, I'm not having any of this, I'm quitting. He was so angry and uh, I was thinking, well, I can be angry, but not, not gonna help. So but anyway, um, how can it help then, Joe? How can it help? In training, drafting, you see a lot of cyclists do it, riding behind a motorbike. To I've get done it speed before with my legs. dad.
1: Like, and it was really, really fun because we were flying down the country lanes on a road bike, like two hours, and you'd average like 27 and a bit miles an hour, 28. Yeah. So basically 45 k's an hour. And it was really good fun. And um, yeah. But in terms of how it can help, what I used to use it for was it, it would be like training with someone who's always quicker than you. So you can go up the hill and they can like ride like pretty hard and put you in the red and then straight over the top, you back up to like, it just basically pushed me on. But other than that, I don't really know the benefits. I think you just get used to turning bigger gears because you're going faster. So you get used to the, like the feeling of Mm -hmm. pushing, you know, a race gear.
0: What, what about taking
1: KOMs when you're, uh, I did take a load of KOMs on it before and they they all got flagged. someone flagged them. But is that oh, cheating? Yeah. Because, you know, like, then. if you're riding around on a pace line with loads of sightless... Yeah, the back I think, of the it, group, mate, it, it's cheating. It?
0: It's cheating. But you're still peddling. Yeah, because I could literally sit... <laughs> yeah, you're still pedaling, but behind a... Uh... <laughs> I could literally sit on a horse and, and take a run. Yeah, but, like, I was actually jumps, still like, peddling uh... the
1: bike, wasn't I? I was still peddling. Like, I was sat behind a motorbike, but... Yeah, but you could, you could you could st-
0: you could sit on one of them e-bikes like these massive e-bikes and take uphill KOMs and say yeah, oh, I'm, but still I'm, not, yeah but I'm the still bike i was
1: riding yeah. wasn't enforced was it didn't they get any electrical assistance did it yeah what shut
0: up <laughs> shut up no you were getting uh, uh, outside but what about assistance? if you sat on the back of a
1: pace line of five um, or six people
0: yeah, that Sub-7 doesn't count, mate. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's different if it, if it's like in a pace line because you'd have a chain gang and everyone is pedaling. So it's just one of your mates pedaling a bit harder than you and you're just being smarter at the end by overtaking them. I just think when you use in that KOM attempt something electrical or engine engineered, then it's messing but I thought with, I was a bit uh, hard done by when I got bagged,
1: sat the- behind a motorbike.
0: Yeah, well, that's how you learn lessons <laughs> in life, mate. Um, Got to take it fair. Fair things in life. Uh, anyway, let's go over to uh, bullshit buster, Joe. A bullshit buster. And I don't know how I came up with this one, but I saw something less. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Um, when I was an age grouper, I remember a lot of other age groupers saying there should be more drug testing in uh, for age groupers. should be more drug testing for age groupers. So many are drugged up. And I was thinking that might be a bullshit. Moment. Were you
1: thinking when you heard all this, were you thinking really these age groupers are like taking drugs and stuff? Because you must you weren't in the sport very long yeah, then.
0: I, I was literally I was uh I was literally thinking like why as an amateur if you're just enjoying the sport would you do EPO <laughs> or whatever of that like blood bags? You would take it a bit too serious, wouldn't you? I I think it's unbelievably pathetic to take drugs, but as an amateur I would think there's literally nothing online. I can't even bring it out in words how pathetic that is. Um, But why is it a bullshit buster? Can you imagine? You're you're Michael. Your name is Michael. And uh, you love triathlon. And uh, you're pretty talented. But you also like your festivals. So uh, you went to a festival, ripped it up in the night. You took some uh, performance-enhancing dancing drugs. Next week, you do an Ironman. And I don't think that line of coke or whatever is going to help your performance. I don't even know if that's going to come up on the drug test, but then, boom, you get caught. What do you think, drug oh, testing for? for yeah, MGs? that
1: would be a bit hard done by by my for Michael, wouldn't it? Because he's just living life to the full, isn't he? And he's not even intent. He, <laughs> he
0: doesn't really care. He doesn't want a cona. He just wants to mess around a little yeah. bit.
1: Um- yeah, that would be, if you were Michael, you'd be a bit like, oh, what the fuck, you know, I was just at a festival last week. Come on, like, I've <laughs> like I'm have like, i not, I'm only finishing, yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm middle of the pack, you know, person just doing it for a bit of a laugh. Like, give us a break. Um, and his reputation's yeah. ruined, isn't it? And uh, if he hadn't have done the triathlon, exactly. he'd have just been, like, pumping it at the festival.
0: Because the local... Um, all these uh, these people that are trying to cancel are, are, are getting on them, m- messaging their sponsors. His 10% discount from the local shop is getting away, saying, we don't want to be affiliated with someone that's on drugs. Um, you know, I didn't even think about it from that point of view, because I just
1: thought about it as from athletes that were like open to get results and stuff, thinking like, oh, like are you really going to be bothered to test them? Because it's not like they're winning money. I mean, obviously they're cheating. That's just really sad. But like, they're not actually competing for any prizes, are they? But I never thought about it from the point of someone who's just there, living life to the full, going out, have hitting it hard at a party, and then they get exactly. pinged for doping, and all of a sudden they can't compete for two years, and they're like, "Oh God, like I wasn't even trying to, I wasn't even taking the drugs to improve for the triathlon. I was just doing it for a bit of fun."
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was, I was double K hauling because uh, I just uh, take life to the edge. But yeah, that is um, that is, and also drug testing is really really expensive. And um, um, yeah, what do you gain from it? Um, yeah, I would say like um, maybe
1: not. There's no point really in testing the amateurs regularly. But if you do get word down the grapevine of someone who's like doing drugs and stuff, then there would be no harm in like you know potentially testing them, especially if they're like someone who's right at the front. You know what I mean? Like the pointy end, like. Like if oh, there's someone yeah, who's yeah, like yeah. down, like not even at the front, but they're just, ha- you know, you heard like they're doing something, but they're just doing it uh, recreational wise. And there's obviously no point is there. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to gain from busting them.
0: No. Cause I was thinking, uh, um, in the Netherlands, it's quite a, I know a lot of people that have really good jobs, lawyers, bankers and all them. They, uh, they ca- kind of like their weekends, uh, really spiced up mate and uh if they yeah and if they do an ironman uh and uh get tested i got tested as an amateur in my first really? Ironman.
1: why did they test you for was it yeah. was, like were they testing everyone It was right up there
0: um unbelievable extraordinary uh appearance
1: <laughs> you were just they said not <laughs> know, possible because it, he's <laughs> no there's no way he's gone that fast like he's definitely <laughs> done something
0: that, that guy did a one-hour-ten swim. Yeah. He must be onto something. There's no way he's gone that fast without <laughs>
1: technique.
0: Um, no, it was also the uh, the national championships uh, back then, but there weren't any pros allowed in that race. So, um, um there was one pro in it, or or it wasn't. It was an age group race only. Was Ironman Marcel? It was an age group only race only. So as a Dutch pro, you could enter the race, but then you would do an Ironman, not for any money, but just for the national championship. So only one pro pride. did it. Um, uh, he was very. He's a very old athlete, actually, he's still professional, but he's uh, still pretty good. He did an Ironman last week in eight thirty five. He's fifty two years old or fifty one years old. It's what was that time right? Um. No, no. Did you see Cam Brown? Like a low, low Fifty call. odd years I'm old MD did eight
1: thirty something at Challenge Roth.
0: I know it's crazy. Like still fit as a fiddle. But anyway, yeah, I got tested, mate. I got tested, and uh, all clear. I just, I just find it very they just weird. They gave you a slap on the wrist, didn't they? In they said, lay off
1: the recreational drugs. Like next time, we're gonna. Uh, that'll be the last time.
0: <laughs> I've never done that. But what I, I I did find it very, uh, like, I didn't come from the sport. I was only in the sport for a year and all of a sudden did my first Ironman. They said, well, we want to test you for drugs. And I was like, fucking hell, really? All right. But then they literally come in that room with you, watch you pee and all that. I I find it pretty, uh, pretty. Yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> is going on? But I got the full experience. Um, Yeah, we should talk about that one time. And maybe, because uh, I do think it's quite an uh, quite a a, a you know interesting footballer, topic. Uh, Maradona? Drugs. And
1: he used to have yeah. a fake penis, plastic penis that he'd fill up with someone else's uh, weight. I know,
0: I know. You've got multiple people doing that. But I can ask, I can ask, um, so Thomas Decker, I know he was in the pro peloton back in the years. And uh, he, uh, he uh, came up with uh, a p- positive test when uh, back in the days and uh, he's seen and done it all. He's um, too clean. But we can, I, I want to have a chat. He wouldn't
1: have any stories to tell. Yeah, he's
0: got a is lot. He? Of I stories, thought he was mate, too clean. But cut. I'm, I'm curious, and also want to know. I
1: thought he was too clean Sorry? cut. I didn't think he'd have any stories. I thought he was like the good boy of cycling.
0: Yeah, he is such a bad boy, mate. Um, do, do you know that he he uh, he went around for a couple of years with the richest women in the, the world? The richest like, woman. Uh, what was her name? Like is that, like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, he was with her, and no, nah, it's a uh, guest. The, the women from Guess, that that. She, he was with her for a couple of years after he got like caught, and uh, he's got some pretty crazy stories. I can ask him if he's keen for that. Um, as in a sense, I want to talk about. Have you read Tyler Hamilton's book? Psychological. Tyler Hamilton's that.
1: book. That no, is not. absolutely crazy, I've some of the his stories, one. what he says. Like, he would, t- the testers mm-hmm. would turn up to his house. He'd get a message from his missus while he was out cycling, so he'd end up staying out and booking into a guest house or a hotel and staying the night there instead of coming home. He'd have the key fob for his garage, where he'd quickly open it, bike in, and shut the garage thing, so the tester couldn't collar him on the way into his house. He was like so paranoid about it. it; was unreal. And then in the end, he ended up getting a blood transfusion from a from the, his doctor during the Tour de France with someone else's blood, and he was pissing black and stuff. And that he reckons that cost him the tour, him winning the Tour de France that year. Nearly died.
0: But all these, all these, these stories—they're so um, like. Just in general, doing drugs is so far from uh, from stuff I know that I think is quite interesting to talk about. As in, what did it do psychologically with them when they got caught? And um, also, a lot of people think, for example, um, that triathletes do drugs. And uh, I want to talk with you about, for example, the uh, the policies from Water or uh, what? Whereabouts? So you always need to fill in where you're at and uh, and all that. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. But anyway, yeah, poor Michael, if he, if ever, if he ever gets He'll caught... He'll have to stick then, to Glastonbury,
1: um, won't he? Or park runs. Glastonbury yeah, and park runs.
0: Exactly. Instagram post of the week, Joe. I've got Instagram post of the week. Yesterday, I'm in Switzerland. Tell the dogs to uh to right, calm down calm for a
1: bit. Calm down. That's the small one. is barking. And the other one sat on the sofa with his ears pulled back. Like, is it worth while we getting up? Do I need to back her up? Like, I can... Nah.
0: No. Uh, Instagram post of the week: There was a guy yesterday at Ironman Switzerland that did a that did the whole that wanted to do the whole Ironman and trying to beat the world record with uh, wearing a backpack filled with forty pounds, 80, eighteen kilos. Um, I've got so many questions, Joe. First of all, did he get inspired by that guy stationary training with all the weights on his back? Yeah. Do you think it's maybe it's correlated? It I don't know, but he did pull out halfway through the bike, and I don't have any information. So if someone's got any information why he did pull out, uh, let us know. And also, um, I'm curious: did he do the swim with the backpack with weights as well? Because I think if you want to get the world oh, record, he should. You've but got I don't know do if, he, if he did weights. it or. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, and if I look at his swim time, I don't want want to make any. Assumptions because I'm not a quick swimmer as well, but he did something like almost three oh, hours. Oh, he's definitely half done the so on his back. I would say, yeah, that's what I think. But that's what I think. When you
1: say so, uh, break the world story, record mate. for it, is there actually a world record for someone doing an Ironman with 40 pounds on the back? I've never even heard of that. Like, who does an Ironman with 40 pounds on their back? <laughs>
0: Mate, there are so many crazy world records. Like, you can think of it, and there's, like, a world record of it. So I do think there is someone that said, I want to do an Ironman with weights on my back. There's someone that did an Ironman with a flipping piece of what tree, didn't he? Like, a whole a tree, tree log. log. Someone did an Ironman with a massive tree log.
1: I don't get why people would do that in an Ironman, because hard enough anyway. Surely you just try and go as fast as you can. Like, doing it with a tree or 20 kilos on your back just seems like it's a bit, for me a bit of a cop-out it's like I don't think I'm gonna be up there doing it normally so I'm just gonna look for some really obscure (laughs) challenge or way to do an Ironman where I can be up there well
0: let's not let's not make any uh, any assumptions because maybe he was in the the military and uh, um, just wants to like raise awareness for veterans and that was why he was wearing like a weighted military backpack I don't know but what, like you're saying, there are many crazy challenges where people would just do it for uh, um, a bit of attention, maybe.
1: It's a really strange thing to do. But and he pulled out halfway through the bike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so something has happened. I don't know what. Something's happened. But um, I could read like the record's up for the token. i year, by us. Record is up for the grabs. Let's do the UTMB <laughs> with a 20 kg backpack, mate.
1: I'm carrying enough weight as it is.
0: Uh, anyway, that's the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you're carrying enough weight already. Whereas after that honeymoon, mate, you've uh, you've lost. You look a bit ill and skinny. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go to get to the garage. Right. Bring my uh, car in for repair. Ya, bye. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll see you later. See you. Bye.